I had a, a decent day. It was crazy warm. It was the first day of May. Um, which was nice. <laughs> we love climate change. Yeah. Big <laughs> Tommy. Oh, I was wondering if I was wondering if Tommy still worked here. I'm glad to Definitely glad does. He couldn't join us on the call today, oh, no. but he'll be getting okay. the files for sure. Well well, hey Tommy. Tommy, Tommy really is like he's really been cracking on down on us about the hours that we ask him to work. Mm, which I think is right. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I mean, it's a lot of audio to get through, I understand. Bless you, Tommy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyon. And you asked for it, and so we're giving it to you. More on lyric, this time about structure featuring one of our favorites here on the podcast, Chris Peters. If you like what you hear today, Chris actually is doing a show on Sunday, March 6th at the Bowery Electric uh, and is also recording vinyl albums and you can buy one of your own, a personalized performance. All the information is in the description. Get into it. (laughs) (laughs) What an auspicious occasion. Kenyon... Can you believe what's happening? I I mean, it was, on one hand, it was inevitable. And on the other hand, True. I just, I couldn't, it was too long to, to, <laughs> to have this guest <laughs> um, back on the show. This is our first repeat guest, I our think. Our first repeat guest. Ever. My goodness. Um, so what we're saying is that uh, this person should feel very honored. <laughs> I do. I really do. Um <laughs> No, but we're really excited to have the incredible, the multi-talented, um, and the absolutely kind Chris Peters back on the show with us today. My goodness. Hey, Chris. Hello. Thank you for such a <laughs> lovely introduction. Um, I'm of actually course. shooting for special correspondent uh, on this show. <laughs> Perfect. Well, if you just get us a resume and, and a cover letter, we'll... I can figure that out. I can, can have I can HR look I really, at it. I think I'd bring a lot. I, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I think Tommy and I would get along very well. I think I'd bring, I think there's a lot of synergy that I could bring to this. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yes. I don't, I literally don't, <laughs> I'm trying to do an impression of some, what someone would do in a job interview and I literally wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think synergy is right. I think synergy is exactly the tone that you want to set. Mm-hmm. Synergy, op, optimis, optim. NFTs? Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. <laughs> You've got it. I get it. Can we talk like... about NFTs? I know oh. that this is has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but <laughs> NFTs are crazy. Why do people spend money on them? Kenyon, you know, don't tell me you've switched sides. No, no. I have not switched sides. I have not bought an <laughs> NFT. I have no plans to buy an NFT or make what, you one. You don't? You don't? Because I'm selling oh. them, and I would really appreciate it if you all bought you know, different unused stems from things. <laughs> NFT like like individual samples of audio, like like milliseconds 
of audio. You could NFT that. And I'm sure someone would buy it. I kind of love that, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me burping in the middle of a vocal take, splice, render, (laughs) NFT. All the songs I never finished. Mama, that's an NFT. (laughs) (laughs) See, NFTs are really about sustainability, about being able to reuse, converting what what we're calling waste into something that um, can make us a lot of money. (laughs) <laughs> which is the most important part. Right. Okay. That that is that is the most important part. The rest <laughs> of what you said unless you're about. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, yeah. none of it am I sure <laughs> about. If I'm being honest, none of it was You good. mean N- NFTs aren't sustained, they're not like good for the environment? <laughs> is there something I should know about? Or? <laughs> they're, they're good. Well, it's funny. You'd think because it's a thing that doesn't exist except on a screen that, you know, you're not doing, you know, it's not physical waste. But in fact, it's worse. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> I, I do have faith in human beings enough to produce something unnecessary and more exorbitantly wasteful. I believe that that's well within our power. And we've done so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we do have a great capacity for that, it would seem to me. Starting off the show with a real lighthearted. <laughs> it's an upper. Exactly. <laughs> so, Chris, we brought you on to talk about cryptocurrency. Good, good. I, uh, I know what that is and how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess if we're doing a kind of mini moment with the world right now, I do have a question for you both. Did you all watch Arthur growing up? Oh, of course. Absolutely. You Um, know they're black. Well, yes, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur and his family. Absolutely. Of course. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've heard, there's some sad news. After 25 years, it is finally ceasing production. I know. But I I heard that they're... (laughs) That they're coming for our gig. That Arthur is getting a podcast. No way. I'm sorry. That what? is not a joke. <laughs> that is a real thing that I read. No, but it's also a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what? The thing is, it can be both. It can be both true and a joke. Wow. <laughs> okay, Arthur, moving right on up. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> to the big what? leagues. What's 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 he? He's having guests on to talk about how you should have a library card and how my sister is annoying. Like what, what's his podcast about? I don't, I, I could don't know. Well, tell you famously, he, he, in the finale of Arthur, oh. he becomes an author. Mm, okay. So wait, I don't, so I don't know. Has, has the, wait, has the whole, <laughs> has the whole series been the thing he's right? Is this, is this a Gilmore girls year in the life energy? What are we is it is it does it meta is it meta what is i think it it's giving meta vibes okay like in the you know in the opening credits of arthur or in the opening theme he's like on the cover of a book because famously arthur was based on a book but then at the end he's like he's written the book mm-hmm. about arthur mm-hmm. wow cuz he is arthur wow and just like that <laughs> <laughs> well it is giving and just like that oh <laughs> uh, like well that's what's going on out there, I guess. Mm. <laughs> I, I wish I wish him luck with his podcast. I hope, you know, I hope Squarespace reaches him soon for that sweet, sweet sponsorship. 
Imagine Arthur reading, you <laughs> know, <copy>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> like simply safe copy. <laughs> oh my god! Maybe we can get Arthur on the show. That's the name of the podcast, right? Arthur reads copy. Arthur reads copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know his last name is Reed. Well, yes. Arthur, Arthur reads cop apostrophe Arthur, S. the copy of Arthur. Re- mm. Hey. Chris, never mind. <laughs> We've got something else to work on. <laughs> understood. Understood. Sorry. Godspeed. Um, what are we working on today, Jerome? What What is actually going on here? Well, we're back with uh, another installment of uh, thing of our little series on lyric. Thinking about lyric and lyrics. Um, last time we talked about rhyme. Um, and this time we were thinking about, uh, thinking about structure, thinking about form. Um, and we figured why not pull in one of our favorite lyricists himself, um, to, to help us talk and think about structure of songs, of lyrics. My goodness. I'm, I'm, what a kind thing to say. I'm very touched. Um, and I'm also so happy to be here. And <laughs> talking with the two of you about songs is like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, I will truly need, need one of you to stop me when, if I, if I go off on a, a tangent in excitement or start speaking at a rate that cannot be understood by human beings, because those things happen <laughs> when I'm with good friends talking about things that make me very excited so just a just a just a warning there (laughs) no that's actually the theme of our podcast (laughs) everything that you've said is actually what we do every week so fair enough you Um, you you speak at very intelligible rates i will say (laughs) (laughs) what is that's a nice compliment The it's not about you what you say; it's about how you say it, and that's <laughs> and that's what's that's what Chris focuses on: structure. Okay. <laughs> wow, wow, his mind! Can you believe? Um, longtime listeners of the podcast will will you know be familiar with your voice because we had you on as part of your duo, Constant Strangers, and they will also have heard music of yours because we played a little Constant Strangers. Um, song at the end of that episode right episode 30 50 episodes ago literally 50 episodes ago that is hard for me to believe um but chris is an incredible songwriter and is just is one of my absolute favorite people to talk to about this specific thing because i feel like you just always have so much to say about it (laughs) (laughs) that's a kind way to to put that (laughs) I feel like I always say a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure that's quite the same thing. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm uh, of course so honored to be thought of and talking about this stuff with y'all is also my favorite. I hope that is obvious. Yeah, wh- I mean, where do we where do we want to start? How do how do we want to how do we want to handle this? Let's let's. let's, Tom- let's <laughs> what do you think, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> well, last time we talked about rhyme, as Jerome said, mm-hmm. um, which is like it's pretty zoomed in. You know what I mean? Like individual words rhyme with other individual words or sometimes phrases, you know, this, in clauses. This reminds <laughs> me, I got to listen to that to that episode. Actually, um, I'm 
uh, I'm, I'm a fan of this podcast in such a way that um, I save them up because I know I'll <laughs> need them. Um, so like in January, I wasn't on the train a ton, so I saved up a bunch. So I, so I have a, a backlog, but I did listen to this this last week's, um, partly to prepare for this and partly to listen to the two of you talk to one another, um, which brings me such joy. And um, one thing, Jerome, that you were talking about, um, about kind of like in the theater writing world, the mm-hmm. kind of the contradiction of, oh, I'm writing these songs and I'm, these songs are being sung by people who are as real as I can write them. And, um, and I want them to sound the way, like, I want the songs to sound like the way real people speak. And at the same time, they're going to rhyme, <laughs> which real people <laughs> don't do mostly. <laughs> um, and, and that resonated with me as a problem, as a problem that I solve when I address it. I don't address it in terms of how rhyme works. Usually though you all said, um, I thought super valid stuff about slant rhyme and the uses of precise rhymes and imprecise rhymes and the, the different powers that those have. But that's a problem that I will often want to solve structurally. Um, mm. uh, you know, the length of lines, the length of a verse, where in a thought something comes, how long a thought is, all of those can be, uh, all of those can expand and contract to the length of an authentic thought. And then the question is just which two of these have to rhyme so that somebody's, so that somebody's brain is like, okay, this is a lyric. I'm fine. This feels like a lyric. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, just that, that feels like, and I was listening to y'all talking about that and in preparing for that, for, for this, I thought, oh, that seems like a, that seems like a bridge. It seems like so, sometimes mm-hmm. structure gets you out of the problems, it, like can offer you ways out of problems that you're creating as you're working on the little things and can kind of offer back doors or like that's kind of how I see it when I'm working on things. Yeah. I think that a lot of people, certainly I imagine that other people think in this way and then work in this way because I imagine that's how other people do it. Like kind of picking a structure or form or picking a, basically picking a rhyme scheme first Mm -hmm. or kind of saying, okay, like I have these, these two lines that work together, these two words or these two ideas that work together and then kind of building out from there. But it almost sounds like you're saying that you, like in, in what you just described, I could imagine you like writing something that actually mostly feels true and mostly doesn't rhyme. And then like letting your ear clue you into, oh wait, like a rhyme is needed here to like tie this up. Something like that. I mean, or it can be, it's very case by case. And I guess, oh, to go back to y'all were last week talking about uh, one of the essays, one of the Sondheim essays in Finishing the Hat. Um, the part of this that I think of is less in one of those, one of those essays that so they're all so good, but um, <laughs> the kind of axioms on the first page, like in the, in the forward, one of them for him, like one of his, his like principles for how songs are built, at least that how he builds them is content dictates form mm-hmm. yeah, that what you're talking about, like, which I kind of interpret to mean when you're trying to decide how to say something, your first question should be, well, what are you saying? And mm-hmm. can you say it in a way that reflects that doesn't, that both says the thing and says it in a way that reflects that same thing. So a structure like you just described, um, 
where you start with something kind of large and amorphous and then kind of retrofit a rhyme onto it somewhere so that, so that everything's okay and nobody panics, <laughs> um, is absolutely allowed. Um, but then the question is, why would you do that? Um, yeah. so that can be someone who's talking so quickly that they don't have time to organize their thoughts, you know, like rhyme and tight rhyme for me sounds like order. sounds like someone knows what they're saying, uh, knows what they're like knows what they're trying to communicate and it's trying to communicate in the most efficient way and say you're if you're writing for a character who has no idea a great idea might be to kind of create a cloud of something and then try to tie it together in other ways like um goodness um uh not getting married from company mm. there aren't rhymes until the chorus it's, I'm not well, but I'm not getting married. You've been swell, but I'm not getting like all the part of yeah. me is anybody there. Cause if anybody's none of that rhymes at all. Um, and then there are rhymes in the bridge, I suppose, but like th th there's an example of something where that, that seems like it's kind of related to this process of like, if you make some, it, you can make, you can get away with making something that rambles if there's a reason or it's not even getting away with it. It's like sometimes it, like that rambling is reflective of, what right what we're talking about so yeah you you that should do that go for it what you want yeah. yeah totally wow and that's such a good example like if if all of that talking and not getting married today all rhymed it would be such a a totally completely different song <laughs> totally like it would be like here is this extremely calculated like here is why i cannot do this and i've thought about it and i know exactly what i'm trying to say as opposed to, I have no idea what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely, it would sound like it, like that person would come off like uh, like a love is blind villain. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like like yeah. someone who like is yeah. trying to appear. You know, Marianne and I are most of the way through the second season, and I'm finding it quite addictive, <laughs> and I'm not that proud of that. But you know, here we are. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Definitely and important. like like if you were at the altar and did not want to be, or almost. You would have no idea what to say except everything. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I think, why that one feels relatable in kind of a terrifying way. <laughs> Hearing you quote the content dictates form also makes me think about form and function um, of like, what, what, is the, how, what is the function of this when you zoom all the way out, like this entire piece of music? Um, I think of like, the numbers of like other other forms that we're familiar with, like uh, classical forms, like sonatas or dance forms or um, blues, as as a form that like is reflective of the way it's you know trying to function and get, get its message out there, um, get the lyrical message out there, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting to me. Just the 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 way that that form ends up being like how we will really whole, wholesale experience the thing, you know, as how we, how we go through it through time. Um, Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that's why musically personally, you know, for those of you who do not know my, know my work, uh, I, I'm mostly a, I'm mostly a singer songwriter um, with some theater interests. <laughs> um, but <laughs> But I don't I, I forget whether either or both of you were music majors, but one of the things one of the big reasons that I wasn't was because I, I got to, you know, whatever that whatever the course was that was about analyzing like sonata form. 
And then, and the question of what does this do and why I couldn't really answer it. It's like, mm. this is cool. There are themes. There it is. There it is again. There it is in the original key again. I guess we're done. You know, like cool. <laughs> and and then and for the question of what's the point, I I don't know what's the point. Like this was a cool mm. exercise. Congratulations. This was beautiful. But the music that I end up writing or end up investing in when I'm working with other people's music or whatever is almost always the answer to that question is I'm trying to communicate something usually something personal or if on the theater side, I'm trying to tell a story about someone, you know, about people who you will get to know better through, Mm. through this form. Um, I like music where I can answer the question. Why does, why did this have to exist? (laughs) Why, why was, what was, what was the point? Um, I very much admire people who can exist in a kind of more empirical space than that i i just i I, i'm I'm not particularly patient i I think is part of it (laughs) it's like why do i care oh because oh because if if she doesn't get married that actually has big consequences for a lot of other people who i've invested my energy in cool or or why do i care because this is a song by a person trying to explain just trying to communicate her experience to me and that's precious that that's that not that's precious that's very valuable you know Mm -hmm. um yeah. And I want to, you know, I want to understand that experience in a way that you can't just explain it to me over coffee. That's not how we talk to each other. Yeah. I'm curious for the both of you, like how experimental you feel or like there are, there are traditional understandings of like song form, AABA, um, 32 bar form, et cetera. Like how in your own writings you feel like called to those things as like really useful tools that people are familiar with, or like I want to move away from those things because they're very familiar. Ooh, Jerome, I would love to hear your answer to this, not to throw you under anything, but <laughs> just selfishly. Oh God. Um, um, <laughs> I, I, I have been thinking recently about um, when you think about like uh, popular music, like the, the form, the structure that is uh, right now, the most popular out here in the world in this Western world. Okay. Uh, is verse pre-chorus chorus verse pre-chorus chorus bridge chorus chorus. Great. Um, and often more often than not, all those courses are the same. And I keep having this feeling of like, I don't know that I can not can, but like, writing things and not feeling like there's something that I want to say three times the same way. I'm like, that would be kind of crazy if (laughs) like the most effective thing to do in this song, like the, and this is not to say that that's not true and effective and tons and tons of music, but I have been feeling like, Oh, like I have, I have so perfectly encapsulated something that I would, you know, included in the song three or four times nearly the exact same way. Um, and, but I also feel like that's kind of a, like, like an instinct to overwrite, like an instinct to myself to be like, Oh, I can't be concise enough. And so I just will like, will trap the feeling in by writing enough words around it. Um, and so in that way, form kind of feels like both uh, 
a gateway and almost like an like an easy out like mm. there are ways that in thinking about selecting a form or thinking about writing into a form that like i both find myself like enabling parts of myself that that probably aren't like the practices that i want to like really honor but also that like sometimes it's right you know sometimes it does not fit to to say the same thing many times in one song and so I can write a song in a different way and that's cool. Yeah. I don't know. So it's the feeling that, that using, that using these forms puts you, puts you in these patterns that you're trying to break out of or, or the instinct not to puts you in these, or well, kind of both. I guess that there are some forms that I avoid because they like would, would ask me to write in a different way than I'm like used to writing, Got it. which I guess as a person who is trying to like be better and more flexible and more dynamic a writer is kind of an easy out. Like I feel very drawn to like a strophic song, like the same kind of form, like the same kind of verse that then just has like, it's the same material and like you put different lyrics on it over and over and over again. Um, I almost feel like that kind of is getting to be almost like a, a crutch of like, you know, just being able, only able to write into into one form. Sure, it's really interesting. One thing I really admire about you, Jerome, is that, or any anyone, any of the the, the musical theater composers I admire, is you know, I've never really written for, I've I've written for characters, but they're all me. You know, that's, um, <laughs> you know, whenever I, I I have, and so. Sometimes I sometimes I wonder because I could definitely imagine getting overwhelmed by the question of like, well, I'm writing this thing that is to be, you know, that that is to be the thought of someone I've never met because they don't exist. <laughs> that mm, how do you? Yeah. Write? But I could also, I guess, I could also imagine that feeling really um, freeing, or if not freeing, then at least like giving you like giving a place to start. But that would be that is like, um. I don't know how to, I don't know how to approach this song. Well, okay. How would this person approach this song? Yeah. But having never really been in that position, I don't know. I don't know if that helps and like kicks you off like, Oh, okay. Well, this person has never had their shit together, but has very strong ideas about the right way to do something. So we're going to see if both of those can show up and how it's built or, or if it's like, I don't know. Now there are more rules on the thing that, you know, that were the rules for the problem <laughs> in the first place. I don't know. I don't know if you of those resonate. You know, it kind of is, it is interesting to think about like, I mean, it, just in thinking of the like repeated chorus thing, like if all I know about a character is that they really emphatically think something, well, there's the chorus. Like then, then like that is, that does feel like, okay, well I, can pick a form that like emphasizes the thing that I want to emphasize. Mm. Um, I think repetition is such a beautiful pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like often find myself really, <laughs> and both of you know this cause you've, you've seen things of mine in progress, really like trying to let every, you know, new second of music be something new. And it's like, well, actually, we could just repeat. You could just repeat that again. And whereas, like, you're talking about repeating whole sections of songs, like a chorus, um, mm -hmm. you know, form is also on like the phrase level of like, I say a line, say that same line again, 
And like that can be really effective, I think. Um, but it feels different when you're repeating a, a full section rather than just a line here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, and why is that? I don't know. What's up with that? <laughs> oh, man. Do I drink every time I think, well, it's contextual? I think I drink every time I think, well, it's contextual. <laughs> <laughs> I have a kombucha here, so I'm not going to get particularly you know, fun as a result. But. <laughs> well, maybe um, we should dive into an example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd be down. Um, well, one song I, I, one song I think about a lot when I'm thinking about like the structure journal that you just named, you know, mm-hmm. you know, verse, pre chorus, chorus, verse, pre chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. And, and it's, it, it's variants. When I think about, uh, when I think about that structure, um, the song that I think about almost always is closer to find by the Indigo Girls. Well, of course, because it's the greatest song ever. It's, it's, so good. It is, it. <laughs> it's a very important song to me, actually. I freaking love that song. Um, <laughs> It's both a very interesting example of, you know, more or less the form you just named. I think it's actually verse, chorus, first chorus. I don't think there's necessarily a pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. And, and, you get a, and you get a third verse. I personally love a third verse. But that's a song that I think about a lot because, because of how it uses, um, it's, just kind of, it's just kind of the, uh, the exemplar of like, if you're writing a pop thing or, you know, a song that's supposed to be like, that's, that kind of works like that. That's the one to try and that's the one I try to steal from because it's because it's built so well. It's or it's um, songs like that. I feel like have a thesis statement and I think of mm-hmm. them as being like constructing those feels a lot like constructing papers did in college um, mm. where the where the hook is the thesis, you know? Yeah. And the chorus works kind of like an introduction would and because everything is kind of defending it or keeps coming back to it. So in that song, it's kind of, it's very much, it's, it's very much a, a, a thesis song about like wisdom kind of about like, no, like what it means to know fucking anything. Um, the hook is uh, the, the less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to find like the less I, the less I fucking pick the scab, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. the closer to a actually genuinely, uh, understanding things i i i am so it de- and so each of the verse and so if that's your thesis then each of your verses works out to like a body paragraph if you're like five paragraphing it like in fourth grade you know uh-huh. um first verses are a little bit of an exception because it's because like their job is so much to draw you in and be beautiful and compelling um as as I find it to be shouted, I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Like, okay, well, then I'm going to tell me then. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and kind of goes through this, goes through this wisdom, under, like understanding, not understanding a darkness and light thing in the kind of a cryptic way. You know, darkness has a hunger that's insatiable, lightness has a call that's hard to hear. Um, and that scans beautifully and doesn't rhyme, but <laughs> sticks with you. Cool. First verse. I'm on board. And then thesis statement. Got it. The less I poke at it, the more wisdom I get to. And then second verse is all about, you know, having your sense of wisdom beat out of you by someone's 
by someone's idea of excellence. You know, the doctor of philosophy, poster of Rasputin with a beard down to his knee, who didn't marry because that'd be compromised, or see a B-grade movie because that would be compromised. He graded my performance. You know, I, you know, I got my diploma and got the hell out because that wasn't it either. Yeah. Thesis statement, mm-hmm. poking at it doesn't do it. Um, and then your third verse is, I went to the bar and it wasn't there either. <laughs> um, so that's when I, so I think that that like that form drum that you named that, that this pop form is like good at making a point and defending it. For me, it's less about mm. like, I have to say this three times and it's more like, it's less about, I less feel my, less feel it, have it repeated at me because I know this form so often when I hear a chorus again, I'm not like, they're saying it again. I'm like, oh, it's, it's the chorus. Got it. Um, and so it's like, yeah, it's this, it's this medium that, we, that we've all been taught for how to, how to make a point to someone. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I find that very interesting and not useful all the time. So you're writing a character who doesn't know their point. I don't think, I don't, th- this might not work for them or you'd have to adapt it to them. But the form that you're describing where it's where where you're just where you've got where you've got a structure and you're just repeating it, repeating it, that would work great for someone who didn't have such a sense of where they were, which would make sense for most of a musical, because I feel like (laughs) because once you're resolved, you know, once you're at being alive, I feel like I don't know what else you say after being alive. (laughs) It's kind of the idea. This is the example that I think about a lot in terms of the like thesis driven mm-hmm. energy that a song that so many of these songs that so many songs have I feel like yeah I love I, mean, I love this song um, and it's cool to hear you walk us um, walk us through it I mean this is this is my idea of a good time is all I have to say but also I, I never really thought about it in such a close analogy to like writing an essay um which yeah. i don't know for some people it might sound like it's not very artful i kind of disagree um and think that that it can be quite artful to write an essay but it also is like a kind of persuasive form right like here is something that i'm trying still trying to convince you of basically mm. here's something that mm-hmm. i think is true or is real and here are reasons why um which is, which does feel like an orientation that feels very familiar in like our everyday discourse of just like, I have this thought and let me tell you why it's the right thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> totally. Which I think lots of times is totally called for, but also it's just like, that is only one kind of, of um, way to contain ideas. Chris, as you were talking, I was thinking about like, you know, when you're in middle school and high school and they're teaching you how to write an essay and they're like, okay, it, how I was taught at least was you start with an introduction and your thesis is that is the last sentence of your introductory mm-hmm. paragraph. And then you have your body paragraphs and each of them starts with a topic sentence. And then your conclusion basically starts with a rephrasing of the thesis and then blooms out into blah, blah, blah. And I remember being in high school and being like, yeah, like I'm here sitting down to write a paper. And so this is what a paper looks like. And I remember like the first times in college being like, <laughs> being like, 
this, like, I want to say all these things that are in my introduction, but it's too long to be one paragraph. It is two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. What will I do? Like, how will I ever resolve this problem? (laughs) Like, that I have two paragraphs worth of introductory material, but someone told me once that the most effective thing to do is to put the thesis at the end of the first paragraph. And like having that moment of like, wait, no, the point is, right? The point is not to stick to a form really closely and to like be able to follow directions in a form. The point is to be persuasive. The point is to like make the argument that the thing is trying to make. Um, but then also like there's, I, I was thinking about like, like being able to shift and bend the rules because actually the, like, what is your goal? Like, as you're, you've been saying, Chris, like, what is the thing you're trying to convey? But then also like, you know, if every piece of writing were like written, like an academic essay, Oh my God, there would be so many things that we would never know and things that we would never say to each other. You know, like there are all these other things to write and all these other forms that like, you know, you can't, write a novel as an essay because they are different things, you know, like that's kind of what the other thing that I, it was making me think. No, totally. There's some things that a a five paragraph essay cannot convince you of. (laughs) And for those things, you should make something else. And it's kind of the same way. It's kind of the same way with, 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 with this. Exactly. Like you're allowed to write a paper where, a one where one paragraph cannot contain where you're going to it's going to cause problems or like it's going to make other things harder for you and it's going to mean that that this totally viable formula taught to you by you know by a very well-meaning person when you were 14 years old (laughs) it's going to mean that that isn't as helpful to you as it could be but but yeah but at the end of the day you're trying to you're trying to communicate something or perhaps convince someone of something as i think closer to closer to fine i think is is you know, almost political in terms of it. It's trying, you know, trying to or trying to tell you something about my life. It's like trying. It's trying to make you see the world the way I see the world, hmm. or the way Amy and Emily see the world. Um, it's it's you have to learn the rules to know how to break them. I think what people really mean is like arm yourself with all the tools you can. The rules usually mm, are yeah. tools that other people recognize, and that recognition itself is powerful and sometimes helps you. And then at the same time. If it's not, if it's not the tool you need, you can't use it. So don't. Yeah. You've also got me thinking about the, about like the trap of the trap of choruses of like, what if I don't want to say the same thing three times? Or Mm. what if, what if I've, what if I'm writing a person who doesn't want to say the same thing three times or doesn't feel something or doesn't know something strongly enough that it's worth saying that isn't making a, isn't presenting an argument. And the other thing that the other way that I sometimes think about a chorus is like when your therapist points out that you've said, it points out a connection between mm. things that you said. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And like, it's, it's the like, uh, like it can be a surprise that something applies to multiple things and the multiple things are verses. And mm. that thing yeah. is the, is the, is the chorus. And sometimes that means, sometimes that means a very short chorus. That's just a couple of words. And sometimes that means a chorus that has to, that has to kind of bend each time to be properly talking about the thing that the verse before it was, but that's another way to kind of get at, I'm trying to think of a, of a song that does this well, but uh, that um, it's a, it's a way to, it's a way to get at theme without getting at argument because so many, so many times you're not making an argument, but this form can still be used to just get at theme. 
And even, I mean, hell, even closer to fine, I feel like is doing this a little bit where it, where like, it's so absolute. It's like, it's not here. It's my, like the way to wisdom isn't through fucking college. It's through listening to me. And then, um, it's through listening to me, which might be listening to the people around you. It might be trusting your instinct. And then I followed my instinct to a bar and woke up with a hangover and no wiser. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to mm-hmm. keep trying, I guess. And like, like those contradictions even exist, I think in, in the good, in the good thesis songs or they certainly yeah. can. Mm. I chuckle a little because when you were talking about, okay, songs where the, speaker does not know what it is they're trying to say but actually like the chorus is connecting a through line of these various things that are happening in these various verses which makes me think purely exactly of your song for sure Uh, okay (laughs) okay oh totally yeah wow yes yes okay (laughs) and i was like (laughs) i was like oh great like Chris is transitioning into talking about this song that I wanted him to talk about because I love this song. And then you were like, but I couldn't think of anything that would. <laughs> well, may- maybe it's, maybe it's useful that the, the focal chorus element in for sure is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I feel like this track, that's funny. That is, that is totally the trick there. Because those choruses, <laughs> it, you know, it's a four-minute song that only has two choruses because it averts where it because it it veers off where the second one should be and never comes back, and then yeah, um, and things are so wildly different. I guess it, it's totally doing that. It's totally doing that. I'm glad you brought up the part where it veers off because, <laughs> as at least Jerome knows, I am really a stickler for a bridge. Mm. I love I love a bridge and do find the like pop forms the bridge can kind of be selective right and like sometimes you have one sometimes you don't closer to find doesn't have one and i like find that as such a necessary respite from the point Mm -hmm. right such a necessary detour um so that when i come back i'm like ah yes no this is this is right and when i hear the chorus again it's like no this is true i've gone somewhere else i've been somewhere else and this is right oh i love that Closer to Find does have the brief like whistle solo or whatever. And there's a there's a different conversation in a series that's mm-hmm. less about lyric and more about songs writ large. I don't know, about like where <laughs> where a solo because like solos and bridges I feel like are both about that thing that you just said of taking you somewhere else so that when you arrive home, that's meaningful. Yeah, that 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 is an arrival. So I, I I hear you I hear you knocking closer to fine and it's fine it's totally all right no not no 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 I understand <laughs> no 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 I get it I get it it's not it's not your cup of tea that's that's really that's really okay you have no <laughs> taste that's okay. it's not a song that I based okay. a lot of my no identity taste. on it's really <laughs> um, oh, no. I was really just trying to, to gas up your song. <laughs> Oh, don't blame me. <laughs> don't put this um, on me. <laughs> and like like would you i want to go like get a, a similar as you took us through closer to fine would you mind taking us through for sure oh, oh i would be i would be i'd be honored if you haven't heard it it is the first song on my ep chris peter's grown-up singer go check that Ooh. out wherever 
you listen to your things, it's 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 there. It's on it's on the one you use. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, actually, okay. This actually works well on a number of levels because this song does a lot of the things that we've been talking about. For example, each of the verses only has a single pair of rhymes in it meaningfully. Uh, not pair, uh, yeah, single rhyme, you know, a single pair of words that rhyme, mm-hmm. um, which is just enough to stitch together this like explosion, this explosive <laughs> excitement that this person me is feeling as <laughs> they get the hell out of college, seek closer to find and move to New York. <laughs> um, it does really all come together. Yes. Wow. Almost like we planned it. We kind of did, but this we <laughs> Wait, didn't. We didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So the first line of the song, which is a, which is, which was, actually, this is the rare case where like I actually kind of wrote this song in, in order because I was so excited by the idea of like, oh, shit, what if I'm writing, what if I just write the opening number to the musical of my New York life that I'm not writing? You know, what would that be fun? <laughs> I'm excited now. Like, I think it was the day the day I met the person who ended up being my first boss in New York, not met, but the, the, the day I first uh, was offered the apartment that ended up my first apartment and the job that ended up being my first job. And I was like, this could all be happening. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> and so the first verse kind of happened very quickly on that day out of, out of authentic Chris Peters talking too fast excitement. So the first line is uh, you have an apartment on the West side where uh, I've, uh, I've never lived, but my parents lived there when they were in their twenties and now falling in love on the upper West is the family business. Um, which I want to point out is not a sentence. <laughs> well, it's a, it's, it's several <laughs> sentences kind of all shoved up against one another in kind of a car wreck of overexcitement, which is the intended gesture. You know, that was, I, I yeah. was, I was giddy and, and my girlfriend lived on the upper West side and I was like, oh, this is all this is all coming together in this in this crazy way. Okay. You you have an apartment on the west side where I never lived, but my parents lived there when they were in their twenties and now falling in love on the upper west is the family business. I just moved to Queens, which where I'd never been, and now I live there. I was sick of familiar. And today at the Natural History Museum, you asked me, what is this? So that's two lines, which like <laughs> if I could format this on on genius would be two lines, two very, <laughs> two very long, long lines mm-hmm. that end in a rhyme. Um, or, or, or do they hold on business is this, we're going to call it close enough work. Yeah. So that's, that's the verse. And there's a little pre-chorus thing after, but in that, so in that, in that verse, things that we could talk about, um, like it's supposed to, it's supposed to be this run on rambling, these two run on rambling things mm-hmm. because that's what that excitement felt like. And you want, and I wanted to capture that, but also to make sure that it, you know, kind of holds together. There are some parallel things happening. There's um, the first one starts talking about where you live. The second one starts talking about where I live and, and some related structures in it. You know, you have an apartment on the West side where I never lived and my parents lived there. And then, the analogous part of the line under, directly underneath it on Genius is I just moved to Queens where I'd never been and now I live there, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. supposed to be silly and chaotic, but at least parallel, uh, just enough to trick you into thinking it's hopefully, hopefully it's just enough to trick you into thinking it's the repetition legitimizes totally. thing. Yeah. Um, so there you go. I mean, it's 
<laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Done. Uh, but but uh, uh, so right, all guys. to say that it's a, a, a there is a verse based on a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. Capt- trying to capture an um, capture an emotion. In this case, it's excitement. So we're gonna ramble, but we want it to hold together. So there's gonna be one rhyme that should be enough that you're not looking for where the rhyme is or wondering if it's a song at all. Um, and then some parallel structure within the rambles to give the impression that they were supposed to be related the whole time. Right. It, it's fascinating how much of it feels like, I mean, you, you keep saying things like this, like giving people enough of a hint of a song that they buy into it being a song, <laughs> like that people want it to be a song, yeah. right? Like that people are like, Oh, like I want this thing to be a song. And so if you just give me a little like taste of song, like I think I get caught in like, Oh, if it's going to be a song, then it has to like, really be a song all the time and like everything has to be like i don't know again thinking about the way that a lot of pop songs on the radio like have lines that are all of equal length and that the there are rhymes all over the place and a very like like lots of of structured rhymes mm-hmm. whatever mm. um as if you needed to like really beat someone over the head with like this is a song I like that that can be a way that form can get in the way, right? Like mm-hmm. totally or that people don't need to be like convinced that it's a, a song. People want to think it's a song. Um Kenyon Kenyon can attest that all of my images for anything musical are food. And so for some reason the thing that <laughs> what you're saying reminds me of is like it like people are rooting for a song to be a song the way people are really rooting for a falafel sandwich to be a falafel sandwich. Like <laughs> if it falls apart a little bit and is delicious. I forgive it. <laughs> I am drunk. I am hungry. This is good. I'm not, I don't like, I'm not trying to be like, oh no, this one is not exactly the same size as that one. I'm no longer going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at the same time, as y'all were talking about last episode, like something like Teenage Dream, where like that chorus is just bulletproof. I mean, like it doesn't like it doesn't rhyme, but it scans so tight that it that that everyone yeah. at your cousin's wedding is screaming it because they all <laughs> know it because how could it possibly have been easier to learn except unless maybe it had rhymed. But like it, it didn't matter, you know, like <laughs> but again, but again it's content dictates form, right? Like that like the point of that was yeah. the point of that is to be a pop anthem that you know like relates to all of us but is also huge and broad and sweeps through you yeah where like something like for sure is like trying to is trying to capture the energy of this one very like very small feeling person who's very excited it would be weird if that if what that kid were saying were anthemic he doesn't believe that anything he's saying is big enough to be anthemic so instead he's riffing about how he doesn't, how he's bad at the job that he has. And he realized, and actually, no, wait, that's just you trolling me. Oh, okay. That's kind of nice. I'm going <laughs> to clock out now. You know, like hopefully like all of these things should be calibrated. There's no better way to say it than content dictates form. He always had, he, not always, but he very often sometimes <laughs> had the most precise and shortest way to say a, say a thing. But um, depending on what is depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Those, the rules or the like this, I need to legitimize this by what I'm, uh, you know, by making what I'm writing fit, fit a mm-hmm. formula. It's like, no, legitimize it by saying what you need to say in the way that you need to say it or in the way that this person would say it. That's really a word. 
<laughs> that is really is. a word because I, I mean, I do think that happens a lot in in all kinds of mediums, like where it's like if I make this look like it's a blank, then you'll believe that it's a blank, whether or not I have actually any content around which I have put this form that you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's I don't know. I just am really struck by that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm 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 glad. I feel like I. Feel like I'm as guilty as everyone is of 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 listening to the voice in my head that says this isn't real because you made it. <laughs> How could something you made be real? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like uh, identifying this as just one of the many ways that that voice says that to you. Like it doesn't look like it's you know it's not a 32 bar song. You did it wrong. So like I've I treat this line of thought as just ammunition against that thought. It's like, okay, well then why should it have been a 32 bar song? Is there a reason? Is this set in the forties? Mm. That could be kind of cute. Or like, does this person love show tunes? That would be kind of cute. Or is it a very, or is it a very simple classic idea? And this person likes simple classic ideas or would speak in these kind of, uh, you know, short, efficient, old fashioned kinds of ways. Well then, then that would be a great idea. But it's none of those things, and you, Chris's brain, just want to be mad at Chris. We're not taking that. We're gonna, we're gonna get falafel instead. <laughs> Can you take us to the bridge of first? The <laughs> sexy back intensifies. Kenyon wants to talk about the absolutely, bridge. absolutely. <laughs> oh, okay. Getting yelled off my own podcast. <laughs> um, I'd I, I'd love to. Okay, okay. So you've gotten through the first verse, which is. Yeah, in Fair Queens, where we lay our scene. And then we have this moment <laughs> at the museum. And you ask if we're anything. And I'm like, I, I don't know, but I like you. This feels good. Okay. Then for the second verse, more backstory. Oh, quick aside about Closer to Fine and other things like it, which is most things, Kenyon. Um, that uh, <laughs> the second verse is often the kind of the, mo- I find is like the place where what the song is, quote, about can often be like where that is often comfortable living. Uh, Like the other day we were talking Mm -hmm. about when we were young, which is brilliant and deserves to be picked apart in these exact ways. It's so good. (laughs) But like, that's when you get, that's what you said when you left me. That's when we get, that is when it is revealed Mm -hmm. that, that we're not Mm -hmm. just talking about this very charismatic person with whom we're having this one moment. It's this, the person who broke a promise to me that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about that's why we're sad that's why we're remembering that's what we're remembering wow and that's really not revealed until no it's not deep in the song wow um, i mean yeah that's in really the first verse again like i'm sorry kenny we will get to this bridge i i, I promise but but like <laughs> but like also like closer to find the beginning is kind of more about piquing your interest and instead of doing it in these big darkness has a hunger that's insatiable poetic ways and stacking harmonies it's but if by chance you're here alone you're here alone could i have a moment that's a text that says we need to talk and it's like oh i have to find out what that's about <laughs> or you, you hear that and your interest is peaked for me in a very anxiety yeah like i know that this is important and i know that this is bad and I'm, I'm probably in trouble and i probably fucked up i'm probably in the wrong so that so that's a song that does that does the closer to find stuff for me. You know, start start by laying out what you only enough um, 
to pique your interest. Only amount that would be in the good trailer for movie, not enough to reveal it. And then in the second verse, that's the stuff that you can only learn once you bought the ticket. That's what mm. it's about. So, okay, with that in mind, <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that's what I was that's what I was trying to do in the second verse of for sure, where we've kind of established this is new and we're in the city and. The second, the second verse is about, I won't go through, through it line by line, but it's, but it's, it's from, the second verse is, I'm from Connecticut, which is nowhere. And I'm now an adult in New York. And that's terrifying. <laughs> um, and for me, that's like, that's what you said when you left me for me. That's, um, hmm. you know, that's, I went to the doctor of philosophy I spent four years prostrate to the higher mind. That's, that's what we're actually kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the, the mechanism out of, this, out of this verse is this silly bit about being at the coffee shop and someone orders a really hard order and I panic and I look up and no, it's you. No, you're just messing with me. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> we're gonna, you're, I'm going <laughs> to leave and go on an adventure with you now. And that silly moment turns into the bridge do the lyrics really quickly it's um and we run catch the seven and the sun sets in the park and the sky gets dark and it's heaven because i'm new to the city but it feels like home because i was all alone but you look so pretty with the moon and the hudson behind and soon for once in my mind it's quiet shout out to uh daphne gale who fixed the first line of that it was originally and we run to the seven and someone was like someone who didn't live in new york was like what the hell does that mean and i was like oh it's the train in queens and it was like I, someone was like i live in new york and i didn't know that and i was like okay just she was like make it catch then it's a vehicle then anyone gets it you catch something you don't have to know i was like that's a good fix daphne gale <laughs> very good at all, all of right. this we should do this with literally any of her songs um <laughs> uh, there are a couple there are a couple of conscious things in that bridge one is that it rhymes or near rhymes in a bunch of places tighter than the rest of it because of, mm-hmm. because of that thing where when you're with your person, things are easier or clearer and slower mm. and you breathe better. I still find this. <laughs> I now live on the Upper West Side with this person. It's a good time. Um, <laughs> but the other dorky thing that I tried out to see if it would work and it did and I was happy that it did is... Um, Run catch the seven, sunsets in the park, sky gets dark, it's heaven. It's the, the alternating thing uh, is the Petrarchan sonnet mm-hmm. thing. The Italian yeah. love sonnets, you know, the Shakespeare sonnets rhyme A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D. But the Petrarchan ones go mm-hmm. A, B, B, A, C, D, D, C. And those are, okay. those are like the, not that, I'm fam- not that I'm familiar with this. This is, this is 10th grade English and I really, um, I really hope Miss Ratcliffe was right about this but <laughs> in class we talked about this so like that is so a i'd say this is as admissible as saying like if something is in waltz time you you are allowed to wonder if you are allowed to wonder if it's romantic or if it's a dance do you know what i mean like so here you yeah Period. so i intended for the, the the rhyme scheme to be like okay we're doing we're doing love song stuff whether that reads or not mm. Who knows? But I liked it and it kept working, so I kept it. I'll do you one better. It's um, chiasma is what it's called. So got you there. Ooh, Googling that. But it's like, you've heard of charisma. (laughs) Try some chiasma. Chiasma. But I I think that there are the ABBA 
form. It's like you do something and then you switch it around. Mm -hmm. And I think that there actually is something kind of classically romantic about this idea of like things being paired and opposites. And yeah, exactly. Very opposites, very crossing over between us. Totally. Totally. That's definitely. Ooh, Mm -hmm. interesting. I like think of it more as like a going in. Like Ooh. you, like there's a rhyme on the outside and then there's like an inner rhyme on the inside and you like, you go mm. into it and then you come out of it. Um, Whoa. I like Ooh. that. I mean, if words going in, going between <laughs> same difference kind of, but I like the idea of going in and coming because like, cause whatever, whatever the image is, you, it, it's, it doesn't allow you to stay in the same place. You have to go some, like you have to, it makes you recalibrate twice mm-hmm. or th- that that stru- that structure does it because because to, to recognize it you have to be like there are two things and they're the right length for something to rhyme oh and then the wrong thing rhymed are we gonna keep going with that no we're gonna go back to the first thing each thing so each thing has yeah. the opportunity to be surprising yeah yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything else in that that i would want to call out but is there any is there anything Kenyon? is there anything in this in this bridge that 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 you that you wanted to that you wanted to to poke at. This is I, I don't think I've ever talked structurally about my music in a conversation like this, let alone in a conversation that was being recorded. So this is very new for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan. Oh of, goodness, of you, of the song, um, and of the way that having seen it be performed, it really like I feel like it really carries a story really well um and you get laughs at like a bunch of great places and the bridge for me is is and in a lot of songs but also in this but especially in this song is like where i find people get the most sincere sometimes with their lyrics and like that's what i heard in what you just talked about about how you you feel with this person and like this is that's that's a real thing um and not that the rest of it isn't um, also true and also real, but there's like an earnestness that I feel like bridges sometimes capture that like I find really attractive. Mm. Um, okay. No, totally. Because you can't be earnest all the time, you know, then it's just like, okay, I can't look at you. <laughs> you, oh, you, know? you can't, I, I, I can. <laughs> I can be brutally earnest a lot. <laughs> it drives Mariana crazy. <laughs> no, oh, okay. I, I, I get that. I, I like that. I think this is related to what I like about third verses. And sometimes they replace one another and sometimes they go into one each other, into each other. Like either way, there's a relationship between, you know, whether you had a third verse or a bridge, either way, you've probably heard in this, you know, traditional form, modern traditional form, song form, history of song form is its own crazy thing that please don't let me. Anyway, uh, either way, you've gotten a verse and a chorus and another verse and another chorus. Either way, you're ready for something to break open. Um, mm-hmm, by the time you get to the bridge or the third verse or the bridge, then the third verse or whatever happens now or the guitar solo, you know, whatever it is. And I like this idea that the bridge is where you, yeah, I think either of those places is an opportunity to get really, really real. Um, and the question is kind of what territory do you want to do it on in a bridge? It lets you get real because the structure that existed before is not the best venue for you to get really real for, for whatever reason. Um, say it's a character it's a character song and verses and choruses have all been 
very much in defense mechanism. And, you know, they've been speaking, but it's, but it's subtext and, you know, they're protesting they're fine when they're not, or that they're, that they're in love when they're not, or that they're not in love when they are or whatever it is. Um, and you go to a bridge to say it, to say it, to like leave that space where those were the rules and make your own new rules. But I think a third verse is a cool opportunity to reflect on those rules and even poke at them. Take closer to fine, <laughs> where, <laughs> uh, where as opposed as opposed to going to this damn professor who thought he knew everything. I followed my own instinct and it got me nothing. It's true of me too. Mm-hmm. I also don't know where I'm going. I also don't benefit when I listen to me necessarily. Mm-hmm. But for sure, it kind of tries to do both things because, of course, it does because. I was, I was trying to, because I was trying to see if I could fit 600 words into a song and I almost did. What was I thinking? <laughs> um, because it does all the things we were talking about. It does chiasma. It does, it breaks out. It's the form is totally, totally, totally different. And it gets to, it's quiet for like for once in my mind, it gets quiet, which is to say for once, the person who was yelling about espresso orders and being scared to death and giant sloths for once that person is still. So that's trying to get real in the bridge because you can't do that on the terms, on on the terms of the rest of the song because they're all about go, 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 go. Mm. So then, but then going into a third verse, that's borrowing forms back from the first verse. Third verse is since I moved to Queens, it's been hitting me in waves that we play for keeps. Now we're not in school. But you have that apartment on the west side where I, I never lived, but I might like to one day if that's no, cool. Um, so, so like you have the go to another place to get small. And then there's try to get small in the original place and not quite succeed, mm-hmm. uh, which I think are totally. related, which mm-hmm. I hoped were related gestures of like, of like, this yeah. is the beginning and I'm just trying and I don't know anything. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, which is the thing in the chorus. Um, but where we're at. Yeah, that's, but, but that's what bridges and third verses have the opportunity to do. I think um, you, you can go back and reflect on the rest of the stuff that you've been doing. And this is the question is where do you want to do it? Do you want to do it on the terms of what you had or do you want to wipe, do you want to wipe that all away, but then be forced to go back? That's the problem, <laughs> you know? That's the catch, mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay, yeah. Okay, you're you you maybe come around really on the third verse. Yes, yes. <laughs> Synthesis <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I actually would love to hear from the both of you. Just what what can form do? Like, what is structure? What can it provide us hmm. as listeners, as writers? What maybe can't it do that we can't look to it for? Well, it's funny thinking about how much we have, you know, blown up and and looked all around inside of the form within a song. Um, And, I mean, Chris, maybe you will be able to, to illuminate something with whatever history of song form you were hinting at before, but like thinking about that people at some point had to be like, look, this one song is not enough for what I Mm. want to say. And actually now there are going to be many songs that are connected to each other. So it's like, I'm not just 
done with my one song. Now there's a second song and a fourth song and the 15th song that actually gets you to the end of all the things that I'm trying to say and they're all interconnected. And so like form is like, like micro and macro form, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that like, I don't know that that just is not a given, I guess. Like I, that is what I'm, I'm also thinking about now is like someone at some point had to be like, well, actually I'm going to string a bunch of songs together and some of them are going to be more about the story and some of them are going to be more about the emotion and I'm going to call it an opera <laughs> and boom, here's my new thing. Um, or that like, you know, it, an album is a form that like was originally dictated really by like the amount of sound you could put on a thing of wax. But now that's kind of like, we have stuck to that length of sound, even though we have the internet and so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. Just that like the ways that like we can choose and the ways that like are thrusted upon us of like how we tell stories, how we make songs, whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, that really speaks to me. My like, yeah, my, my favorite pieces of art are like, are basically all things that, like you described needed more than one song to do what they had in mind, you know? Mm -hmm. So musicals mm -hmm. or albums really like my, like my favorite things are mostly those, mostly those. <laughs> there are a couple movies in there too, but I don't know what I'm talking about there. <laughs> There's like, you know, like into the woods, very maybe my favorite thing of art made by people. <laughs> And that's exactly what you're talking about. Song songs put together and the way and the ways that they're put together and the ways that you can use the same ones again. The ways that the ways that things yeah. the, the ways that the same thing can change. So I mean, but Kenya, your question was about what form can do and what it can't do. Form is my favorite or like is either my favorite tool or my catch-all name for <laughs> all <laughs> my you know for my favorite toolbox I'm, I'm done with this metaphor it's like you know what i'm saying it's like it is the it's the means you know <laughs> you physically threw yeah, away yeah, the toolbox i actually toolbox threw it out of the window that is next to me and it's on the street now um but <laughs> so like what can it do i think it can it can it can support just about any idea there's a way to communicate hmm. most ideas Maybe it takes a whole song. Maybe it takes, maybe it takes an opera or several. Um, but you know, form can communicate the idea. It cannot give you the idea. <laughs> um, mm. And one of the things that I find hardest as a writer is what to do when I don't have an idea, because all of my tools are about what to do once you have one. <laughs> It's like, okay, cool. How do I honor this? But it's kind of a multiplying by zero problem. It's what do you do before you have the thing you're trying to honor? Yeah. And you, Kenyon? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't have any answers to the questions what form can and can't do because I, I now, I mean, Chris's answer is now my answer because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think that it, like the, I don't know, just the more I sit with it in this conversation, it like has a lot to do with memory and just like how we, 
there are things that occur. There are events. You can call them words. You can call them lines. You can call them verses. You can call them songs. And like, what's the time between them? Do they ever come back? How are they ever referenced in the future? What, how do they deliver us to a new place that, that we, you know, can, we've passed a threshold. Um, and it feels like memory to me. It's like, it feels like how we remember our, our experiences and, mm-hmm. um, you know, some things we think about once or happen to us once. And then like, we never think about them again until something crazy brings them up. And then it's like, wait, that's that mm-hmm. thing. And sometimes those are the most fun parts in long albums or in movies where it's like that thing, that character who showed up in the first act, but then they come back and it's like, oh my gosh, now there's significance. There's deep significance, but you've got to have the, you know, you've got to have the experience in the first place. Your memory's got to be tied to some emotion. There's got to be some content, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. Chris, like a form can't give you what you're writing about, um, but it really does shape the our experience of how we we get to remember what what we mm, want mm-hmm. to remember. Mm. That's beautiful. And relates to conversations that about um, about movie music that I hope happen even more on this podcast. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> yeah. I feel like Kenyon. That's something that we, you and I have talked about where or like so 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 much of the music that i know has connected with and influenced the two of us at various times has been movie music and that part of that is because the thing to honor is very clear there's a story being told on screen in fact there's a whole other kind of art that's also <laughs> happening and all you have to do is be not all you have to do as if it's easy jesus but like <laughs> but like but the job is to be part of that and not that it's easy, but at least mm. you know what the job is. Totally. Wow, friends. What a time this has been. It's been so fun. It's been amazing to have you back on the show. Um, thank you. Thanks for Thanks coming. Thanks so much for having me. I, I'm, I'm, uh, is it roughly one a week? Can I, can I, can I try and try and book 50 weeks from now as a kind of <laughs> I would love to, you know, as long, as long as you and the listeners and Tommy will have me, I'd love to come back. Uh, it's my favorite show. We're calling it. Well, now. as we said, Tommy is a big fan oh, of yours. Oh, goodness. So. Oh, Tommy, I'm touched. Um, everyone, absolutely go check out Chris Peters and his music. You can find it in all the places. And um, you're doing a cool thing with uh, Least of All. Yes. But in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. What's happening? That is that is right. So, um, least of all, is this recording studio in in Brooklyn, and they have um, one of the things that they can do is they can record live directly to vinyl. So you're in one room playing your song, and in the other room is a lathe cutting what you are doing in real time onto a piece of vinyl. It's uh, <laughs> sorry, too much pressure. <laughs> I'm I'm not terrified. Why Why would you say I'm terrified? I'm not. I'm not, this is definitely going to go great. Um, but so I'm going in to do this. They have this thing that they do. Um, that was, that's kind of an initiative to, you know, in a time when, when it's hard to sell music because Spotify has convinced us that its value is nothing. And when none of us have figured out how to make NFTs or what that even is, um, least of all is bringing in musicians and, 
supporting them by helping them make, you know, a cool, unique piece of art that is your music. Um, so if you have any interest in hearing and, and having a physical copy of any of my songs, you know, etched onto wax from the one time that I played it in the next room, um, that makes it sound like it's not going to, that's like, it's not recorded beautifully. It, it, it is, it's recorded, you know, everything until the, the wax is like a, <laughs> is like a, is like <laughs> any other recording studio better even. Um, <laughs> What I'm hearing is that you're making like physical real life and that's that's <gasps> I think the word for that is products. <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> no, sure. No. no, real life NFTs. Oh no. <laughs> IRL NFT. Why? Ooh, IRL A, B, NFT. C, D, E, F. <laughs> oh good. Oh good. Excellent. I definitely want the idea of NFTs linked to me. In everyone's mind. <laughs> um, so the least of all link will be in the description. And you're playing a show at the Bowery Electric. I am. Um, it is March, uh, Sunday, March 6th. Um, well, actually, I just received word that I'm not playing at the time that I thought I was. I was thought I was playing at 7, and I'm, in fact, playing at 8 on Sunday, March 6th. Come hang out. Um and maybe I'll play for sure if you heard this very long, in-depth <laughs> discussion of it and thought, <laughs> I got to see how this works in real time. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd love to see you there. I'd love, I'd, I would very much love to see both of you there if you happen to be able to handle the challenge that is not necessarily living on the coast where it's happening. <laughs> you know. Not gonna name, not gonna name names, hmm. there, but would definitely love to have. Um, we love that, folks. The show, if you're in New York. Well, Kenyon, I'll book your ticket. Uh, I guess I'm. I guess I gotta go pack. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to cut this. <laughs> cut this off. Right um, but thanks for coming on the show, thanks Chris. Thanks so for having me. This was so fun. <laughs> thanks for listening, divas. We love that is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campomore and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. I'm a little self-conscious that I may have that I may have uh, mo- monologued as 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 Frozone warns against in The Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't know about podcasts. <laughs> right. Well, listen, the people tune in to hear y'all. But anyway, I'll, I'm. thank you so much for having me. Um, hey, they'll listen to what we tell them to listen. Sure will. <laughs> oh, my sure gosh. Will. Tommy, are you getting this? <laughs> <laughs>